1985, Bud Grant moved on for good from football. But the Vikings never moved on from Bud Grant. Let me tell you a story here on the Lockdown Vikings podcast. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I hope you all had a good weekend. I don't know because it's early last week and I'm recording this ahead of time because I will be traveling and won't be able to record. So this is a pre-recorded episode. If there's any news that I missed that you're looking forward to hearing from me about, we will handle that tomorrow. Otherwise, I will want to tell you a story. And if I was going to do all this history story time stuff, which I'm going to be doing stuff like this all summer on the show, um, if I were going to do that stuff, I would be remiss if I did not have a robust Bud Grant episode. Um, If you were not old enough, if you weren't born, if you didn't watch all those times with Bud Grant and all you know him as is like the great Vikings coach of old, listen up. Let's learn about him. If you were old enough and you do know him, I know all of you people love hearing stuff that you already know about Bud Grant. So I think you're going to like it too. Um, but really I, I want to just do more than just tell you the, the story of Bud Grant, which is all very easily findable on Wikipedia, but really his impact on the Vikings and the way the Vikings are now is still very palpable. And I want to have that discussion, but first let's all get on the same page. So thank you so much to bet online, betonline.net has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online, where the game starts. Thank you so much for sponsoring this episode. Let's talk about Bud Grant. Going all the way back, Bud Grant was born in Superior, Wisconsin. Um, he was named Harry Peter Grant Jr., born in 1927. His mom, growing up, called him Buddy Boy. That's how he got the name Bud. Um, Bud Grant, as a kid, got polio, and his muscles started to atrophy. And his doctors told him, hey, keep those muscles working, play sports. And that's how he got into sports, because he had polio and he needed to. Um, But if you ever saw him walk around, even as uh, an an adult in his prime, you know, even in his coaching years uh, in Canada, he's a very skinny guy. So, I mean, he was never a pro sports guy. And he certainly was not a soldier. So when they bombed in Pearl Harbor in Hawaii... He was not going to go there. And instead, he took the option to build the Alaskan Highway, which was a measure that the United States was doing, build a highway in Alaska that would help in case something weird happened, in case the Japanese decided to attack uh, the United States and Canada from there. They were building a highway to make that territory easier to defend. And he always would tell this story to the rookies because that was out, I mean, winter up and way in Alaska, that was bitter cold. I mean, that's like danger cold. And the workers couldn't work for more than a few hours at a time before they had to go inside and warm up. Um, and they just, they couldn't, they were like, it's way too cold out. We just, we got to go back inside. And this made work on the Alaskan highway unbelievably slow. The way Bud Grant tells the story, they hired the locals, the Inuits. They uh, went and those guys could stay out on the operating the machines and they could be outdoors working all day, not a care in the world. And they would sit out there and it was totally comfortable to them. Now, Bud Grant is of a different time. And in that time, uh, that was 
kind of difficult to believe. How are these locals, they may have even been like these savages or something like that, outworking us uh, hard, you know, cold-blooded Americans, us, us good old boys. Like, how are they doing that? And they did all sorts of studies on like metabolism, and they did like stress tests and medical tests and stuff, and they didn't find a functional difference between the Inuits and the Americans that, that worked on this. Those locals grew up in the cold. They were born of the cold. They were used to the cold, and the cold didn't bother them. And so that's why he banned heaters on the sideline and all of that stuff. Um, I should probably mention that a lot of the Alaskan highway was built by labor from black soldiers. And that was kind of where they put black soldiers because they didn't trust black soldiers on the front lines. And it was also very segregated and like uber racist. Um, and the Alaskan highway, like those black soldiers eventually would get honored for, and would get like plaques and stuff along the highway for their work on it and all that stuff. Um, which is a totally different story for a different podcast, but still kind of a neat, um, little part of it nonetheless. That was what Bud Grant did. Um, he was enlisted in the Navy when he did that. And then eventually he got a scholarship from the University of Wisconsin. That was a good enough reason to be discharged. And he went there and played some sports. He played mostly basketball and uh, football. And he actually got drafted in both sports. Um, he was drafted in the first round of the 1950 draft by the Philadelphia Eagles and fourth round to the Minneapolis Lakers. And he actually played some Laker games. He was a Minneapolis Laker, the GM at the time. And this guy's going to show up in like every one of these stories. Sid Hartman, who is the journalist for the Star Tribune, was GM of the Lakers. Um, those two were already close friends. So Bud Grant chose basketball over football. He played a couple years with the Lakers. Eventually, he ended his basketball career, played as a defensive end for the Eagles back then. And then interestingly, he went, he had a contract dispute with the Eagles and that's how he went into the Canadian league. And he was the first player ever to do something like that, to, to call it play out, play out his option. First player to do anything like that. Played a few years for the Winnipeg, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, became the coach of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Most people are familiar with that. I think they won some championships. Um, and he also got to know Jim Finks over there in Winnipeg when they actually ran it. And interestingly, uh, Jim Finks and Bud Grant, when they ran the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, actually had a bidding war with the Vikings before either of them were there, when it was still Norm Van Brocklin and Burt Rose, over Mick Tinglehoff. Mick Tinglehoff was an undrafted guy from Nebraska. He was too small to play and all that stuff. The Canadian League wanted him and the Vikings wanted him um, for around the same. He ended up picking the Vikings because he wanted to play in the NFL. Um, but that is an interesting little tidbit. It's like they crossed paths before, but then actually in 1961, when they were fine, when the Vikings were finding their first coach, they actually reached out to Bud Grant. It didn't work out. They go with Norm Van Brocklin and a few years later, it does work out. And Bud Grant comes in to, to coach the Minnesota Vikings. I won't tell you much about what happened with the Vikings. That's a part you kind of already know, but here is what I will tell you. When Bud Grant took over, the Vikings were in total flux. They were a directionless expansion team, and how Bud took that and turned it into the dynasty we know Bud Grant for is kind of what I want to talk to you about next. But first, let me talk to you about Grambling. Bet Online is the best place to, to lay a wager on whatever it is you think will happen. Look, are you optimistic about the Vikings? Do you think that they can clear their 8.5 win total? Do you think they can win more than eight games, have a winning season? I don't. I, I bet the under. If you think I'm wrong... I want you to go to betonline.net 
place whatever you're comfortable placing on over 8.5 wins. And if y'all are right, bombard me with screenshots. I want to get owned if the Vikings win more than nine games or more. I want, I want to be, I want to regret it. All right. I want to get absolutely crushed. So go to betonline.net. You can bet on whatever you want, basketball or hockey, or you can bet on what place the Vikings will be in the division, or you can even bet on week one. Shoot. You can even find your favorite Vegas casino games on there. That's betonline.net where the game starts. Thanks again so much for making Locked on Vikings your first listen of the day. When Bud Grant got to Minnesota, he had a lot of work to do. Norm left a mess. And that's who Norm Van Brocklin kind of was. He took an expansion team. He was the first one. And he turned them into an organization that like worked. But they were not working together. They were undisciplined. They, he, when, he, when Bud Grant came in, he said, you guys are like pirates and I need to turn you into soldiers. Um, and they like one of the first things he did was make the Vikings practice lining up for the national anthem. No, no, you wouldn't scratch, you wouldn't sniff, you wouldn't uh, do, you know, you wouldn't spit, you wouldn't do anything. And they used to just kind of stand around and whatever, just wait for it to be over. And then you go, and it's like, no, Bud Grant, Navy man, you stand perfect line, shoulder to shoulder, rank and file, formation, you're going to be soldiers for this. Um, and that was a, a disciplined thing. And none of the players got it at the time, but they all kind of say, we kind of understand what that was about now, but you know, young guys, they didn't get it. Um, but that was part of instilling a discipline into the team. And he had, you know, banned heaters and he did all this stuff. It, it's kind of interesting. I have this thought a lot, especially when we talked about Mike Zimmer, I take just about everything people said about Mike Zimmer and I go, Somebody probably would have said that about Bud Grant if he coached today. And look, maybe that is kind of the critique of Zimmer, that he was he coached like a guy that's coaching in the 70s. Um, but it's it, it sure is interesting. Um, but he wanted him to be used to the cult. He wanted him to be tough, and he wanted to get them disciplined, and he wanted them to be this, this unit. But the thing about Bud Grant is he was not the unflinching dictator that a lot of guys like this are, you know, I think about like the Shiano man thing, which was Greg Shiano in Tampa Bay. He was like, you're going to be Shiano men. And we're going to really, uh, you know, whip y'all into shape and have a lot of discipline. And, and he took a, a similarly military approach. Or if you want another Vikings example, Les Steckel, an actual Marine took over for Bud Grant. And it was such a catastrophe. Bud Grant had to come out back out of, uh, out of retirement, a story for another day. But what really strikes me about Bud and, and that what makes him different, I think, from all those other guys is that Bud Grant wanted, like, the relationships with his players was, that was the most important thing to him. And he wanted him disciplined and he was in charge and there was, there was definitely a hierarchy and it was military. And look, back in the 60s and 70s, I think it was a little bit more standard to have that kind of military hierarchy thing. You know, everybody nowadays, eh, we all want our rights. You know, back then you just kind of did what the authority guy told. And so I think it went over a little better, but beyond all of that, they, they had deep connections, you know, but Bud Grant and Jim Marshall, I mean, Grant cried when they sent Jim Marshall off. There are a lot of teary eyed exchanges at this hall of fame thing or that ring of honor thing. Um, he, he deeply cared for his players. And he said a lot, he was like, I kind of care more about making these players good than I do about them actually winning games. Um, if you watch Ted Lasso, that was a quote from there that was like, yeah, you know, as long as we're getting better, that's a win. I don't know. The wins will come. The losses will come. That's that. It's, it's about being better. And he got in a bunch of trouble on the show for that. But that's like, that was kind of Bud Grant's point. Like he was kind of, kind of that unironically. Uh, and I think that's what made him special, that he cared more about his players than he did about the game. 
and like he was not a tactician. He was not a, uh, and I think that's that bit of in the Super Bowls to be honest. But he was not a, an X's and O's guy. He was not there to outwit the guy across from him. He was not there because he had the coolest ideas about what you can do. He wasn't the guy that you know. Oh, let's put the running back in with the bunch formation, and and you know let's do. It. He wasn't McVeigh. He was very far from McVeigh. He was a different kind of guy, and it was all about building these men to be the best that they could be and turning them into the best version of themselves. And I think that that is at the root of the Vikings' greatness, was each one of those guys, Marshall, Eller, Page, uh, you know, Paul Krause, Tarkenton once he came back, but before him, Joe Cap, Gene Washington, John Gilliam, all these guys were able to realize their best selves. Another story for another day, but maybe my favorite example of that is Ahmad Rashad, who was not listened to. He wasn't really, um, he, he was very weirdly treated in, uh, I think it was St. Louis and then Buffalo were his two first stops. And his stops there, he, he didn't feel like he could be himself and he felt like kind of shunned and then there was definitely a racial undertone because like, dude, you're a black dude in the 70s. Of course it was racist. Um, the, then he gets to Minnesota and he was able to be himself. And that's where he really realized himself. Or Paul Krause is another really, really fascinating one. Uh, Paul Krause started his career in Washington and he was absolutely and obviously Paul Krause. And all of those Washington players still to this day are mad that Paul Krause got traded to the Vikings because everybody knew, oh, this guy's like different. This guy is a safety that we haven't seen before. A story for another day. I won't get too deep into it. But basically, Otto Graham wanted him to play a more classic safety role and wanted him to be a hard-hitting, kind of another linebacker on the field type. And that wasn't Paul Krause at all. And so he traded him to the Vikings for peanuts. And then Paul Krause became what he became because Bud he came and Bud Grant said, I want you to be you. And that's what Bud Grant was. He wanted to be... He wanted you to be the best version of you. So what does any of that have to do with today's Vikings? That is what I want to talk about next. Um, But first, let me talk to you about the best tasting protein bar on the planet. It is Built Bar. They have sent me some brownie batter puffs, which are, I mean, they're just getting more and more like degenerate, (laughs) but they're still like, only like nine grams of sugar and less than 200 calories in one of these things. Like it's still the kind of midnight snack you can have and like not feel like you're knocking off the wagon. It's got enough protein in it. It's a protein bar made out of, I think like aerated collagen protein. Like I think they're whipping it and whipping some air into it because it's really light and puffy and kind of still has that like chewiness. It's really, really nice. So you can always, always get their regular flavors too. Chocolate caramel, chocolate raspberry, all of these covered in 100% chocolate. Absolutely delicious. Just go to built.com, enter promo code LOCKED15 at checkout. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. Get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. In 19, we'll go with 78, the Vikings started to fracture. They sort of started to fall apart. Um, and I mean, you already had, I think Carl Eller had already retired. You'd lost a lot of the offensive linemen. You'd lost a lot of the players. John Gilliam was gone. That was the year that Alan Page kind of got chased out of town story for another day. Uh, that was the year before Jim Marshall retired. Things were really fracturing during that, that time. But the nice thing about having the exact same starters for like 
15 years, which is basically what the Vikings were and part of why they were so successful. They got to go to all the Super Bowls. They'd played together for 10 years. They had more rapport than anybody. Um, but the other thing is basically every draft pick for those 10 years was backups and depth and keeping guys kind of ready to go. And Tommy Kramer was a draft pick, I want to say 77. Matt Blair played in the 1976 uh, Super Bowl. Fred McNeil was already there. Ahmad Rashad was already there. This next, that kind of 1980s, Sammy White was a rookie in 76. Um, This sort of 1980s iteration of the Vikings was basically smoothly ready to, kind of all of them were ready to jump in. They had been groomed. They had sat behind their predecessors. They had learned. And that was what they needed to be ready to go. And I see that, and that was reasonably successful. The the Vikings under Tommy Kramer and then eventually like Wade Wilson and stuff. Those Vikings did have a a decent amount of success over that that 80s decade. It was nothing like the 70s. It was nothing like Denny Green's 90s. And it seems kind of like a down year if you look at the Vikings because the Vikings are always in it. Um, But if you compare it to like other franchises, it was a respectable decade. And I think the Vikings kind of saw, and Bud Grant himself saw that transition happen, and then he felt, okay, I can retire. I can leave this to somebody. And then Les Steckel was a disaster, and he had to go bring respectability back to the franchise, and then he went, okay, now I can retire, and I'll give it to Jerry Burns. Throughout all this time, Bud Grant has been an advisor to the Vikings. He still has an office at TCO Performance Center. He's still around. He's in his wheelchair now, and he's a very, very old man. Um, He's 95 he still absolutely has the ear of the Wilps and the owners and, you know, Red McCombs before that and et cetera. He's had the ear. The Vikings throughout their entire history have never once been a tank team. They've never been the kind of team that just decide, you know, they've never done the, the Indianapolis Colts 2-14 and 14 and then draft Andrew Luck thing. It's never been who they are. I think the last time they had the number one overall pick, it was Ron Yeri, and that was like expansion years. And I think because that old 70s dynasty Viking fracture was so smoothly transitioned into the next chapter where they were a respectable team. And I think you go, hey, bud, you did that. How do we do that? Because if you could choose, I mean, if you could like weave the the strings of fate and you could say, would you rather go from one iteration of the team to the other smoothly and just immediately be competitive or would you rather wait through three uh, abysmal years and then be competitive everyone would choose not to have to wait three years right the entire point of the tank is that they don't think that the first thing is possible but bud grant did it and he goes no we can just just you know transition to the next thing have understudies ready to go um you know keep the roster stocked with pieces you know keep the team competitive always and I'm sort of, I might be speaking out of turn. I'm sort of guessing here. But I think a lot of the reason for the Vikings behaving the way that they have and never really just saying, we're just going to tear the team apart. If ever there were a time for the Vikings to have done that, it probably would have been after Herschel Walker because they had given up so many assets. They kind of had nothing. The team was totally fracturing and it was sort of this dark period after the Herschel Walker trade. The Cowboys were winning Super Bowls with the picks. That would have been the time to say, okay, Nuke it and let's declare bankruptcy and start from scratch. But they didn't do that.
It would have been really easy to do that after a 6-10 and campaign in 1990. It was Jerry Burns' second to last year. He had been the coach for a while. The closest they had been was 1987 when they went to the NFC Championship game and Darren Nelson dropped one on the goal line. And then they hadn't been back since and uh, they had a 6-10 and season. That would have been the time to blow it up, you know, to, to go full tank, fire the coach, fire. They brought everybody back for 1991. They went eight and eight. It didn't go. And then that's when Jerry Burns got fired and they brought in Denny Green. And Denny Green opened his coaching tenure by making the playoffs three years in a row. And then he missed it once. And then he made the playoffs five years in a row. And then it was the 2001 season where he got fired. They went right back into being competitive. The Vikings have a long and storied history, a long and storied history of going from one iteration to the next without really having an interim. And Bud Grant was around for all of it. And people in New York were around for a lot of that. Like there, there are Fred Zamberletti's and guys like that that were around for all of it, that know what, what it's like that you can go up to and ask and say, hey, how'd they do that in 1992? They just had, they just went to the playoffs their first year. And they go, well, we did this and this, and this is our practice. And we made sure that was our principle and all that stuff. The seeds of the organization are still there. Even if it's a totally, totally different group of people making the decisions, you know, you're not going to have... Uh, stuff like drafting cornerbacks is not going to really be like the meme that it was because it's not Zimmer anymore. But you still have that overall, that really, really high level, that directive of we won't tank, we won't get worse. It's been a huge talker this offseason that the Vikings probably should have just, like if you listen to anything national, they're baffled by what the Vikings, they re-signed Kirk Cousins, but then they traded down in the draft, which I don't really know how that's in Congress, but apparently it is. And they, they've done all this, and then they got to Darius Smith, and it's like, do they think they're contending? But then they're also like getting rid of Cap, and they're what are they doing? And, and it's, to me, looking back at the history of the Vikings, they are going for it again. They're going for making it to the playoffs right away in 1980 with Tommy Kramer. They're going for making it to the playoffs in 1992 in Denny Green's first year when Rich Gannon was the quarterback. Um, you know, that's what they're trying to do. And I get it. It's, it's what the team has always been. I, I, even objectively, you know, I'd much rather be the Vikings than the Jaguars. The Jaguars just live in top five draft pick hell and they just suck, but they're just a super incompetent organization. I would much rather have a team that I can go show up to a game or click on my TV and watch a game and, and have the sense that maybe they can win this one pretty much every week, even against teams that are better than them. You go, eh, I don't know, maybe they pull the upset. It's, it's a thing that can totally happen. I, it's so easy to talk yourself into that with the Vikings because they're a respectable organization and the, the Lions and the Texans and lately the Giants like are not. That is how the Vikings pulled together a team that could be such a huge contender in 1998 or even go to 2009 or even go to 2017. That's how they basically, the only way that they've ever operated or found success since the 70s is by trying to find a way to transition from one thing to the next while giving up as little as possible. And I think that's a good philosophy to have. And I think it, honest to God, stems from Bud Grant. Um, I have always liked this. If you dislike this, just know you're on the opposite side of the issue as Bud freaking Grant. Just saying. Uh, I will be back tomorrow in earnest. If there's any news again that I missed over the weekend, I'm just, I'm traveling. So this is a pre-recorded one. Um, we'll get to it. Otherwise it'll be a, a mailbag. So hit me up with your Twitter Tuesday questions. 
You can find all that. Uh, Locked on Vikings on, on Twitter. Uh, Luke Brown NFL on Twitter. You can hit me up with that stuff. You can always uh, fill out the Google form in the show notes, uh, or you can send an email to lockdownvikingspodcast at gmail.com. See y'all tomorrow. And as always, skull.